1: What's good, LL Nation? Lucky Lucky Podcast. I'm your boy, Sean Davis at sd 2 Mics. Left will be along in a few minutes. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, anorawiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly, responsibly. Come on in, guys. we got a lot to talk about. We're definitely going to jump into what we saw last night, the national championship game. Um, And and try to dig in a little bit more into what it means for Notre Dame in 2023. Uh, A team that feels like, and you see it in the aggression that they've shown in the transfer portal with the addition of Sam Hartman that they can close the gap and make a run at a national championship. That's the feeling inside that building. So we'll talk about that. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. All of our great content go right over there. You'll be blessed. CFB Nation, State of Recruiting, all the great shows. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know, we spin it different. Left had some work to do yesterday. I had two shows to do over at Irish Breakdown. So, you know, it would have been a rush show, you know, because his pocket would have been like literally an hour before the national championship game. So, you know, we thought about doing an impromptu national championship pregame show type of show. And it was just like, you know what? Don't force it. Let's just wait until tomorrow see how this game goes and we can talk about it. So that's what we did. That's what we're going to jump into today. We want to give you an update on some guests we're going to have this week. Tomorrow at about 1130 Central Time, we're going to have former Notre Dame linebacker, NFL Super Bowl champion, Corey Mays. Corey Mays is going to join us on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Corey and I, Walk the same hallways over at 1744 West Pryor Avenue. That's right, Chicago, Morgan Park High School. So it's going to be a pleasure to have Corey on the show to talk about what he's doing. He's an extremely successful businessman. He was extremely successful in the NFL. And we're going to talk about his life after Notre Dame and talk about what that Notre Dame education has meant to him. It should be a great interview. We look forward. We're talking to Corey Mays. That's tomorrow. And then we have it tentatively scheduled for Thursday at 1130. Thomas Harper, the newest addition, nickel safety, transferred from Oklahoma State. He's going to join us on Thursday at 1130 a.m. Once again, that's tentatively because we're going to work with his schedule, with him moving And having a report next week, he's going through the process of moving and doing things, and he'll get back to us and let us know whether or not that's solidified probably a little bit later on today. So lock in at Lucky Lefty Pod on Twitter and Instagram to follow that information and updates. On Thursday, Thomas Harper, newest addition to the secondary for Notre Dame via the transfer portal, he is going to be joining us tentatively on Thursday at 11 30 a.m you already know you already know we spin it different man. that's what we do now last night national championship game uh, we can get to it because i was looking at the chat and it is what it is it is what it is you know we did the show i did the show with brian driscoll yesterday. And I fully expected. Um, LL question of the day. Did last night make you want playoff expansion? Or did last night make you say, eh, I don't think we really need playoff expansion? What did last night's result do for you concerning CFP expansion? I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys say. That is the Lucky Lefty Podcast question of the day. Left, he's going to be joining us shortly. As I said, I think he's updating his computer or something. Got a new computer, trying to update it, do all of that stuff. After being in Hollywood on yesterday, I'm not mad at him, though. Stacking that cheddar out there on the left coast. That's what you're supposed to do. I think... um, Disappointment is the word for most people, right, about yesterday's game. Disappointment is the word. And for me, I predicted that it would be, you know, an easy win for Georgia, but I predicted that they would pull away late. I predicted that opportunities offensively would be there for TCU early, especially against the secondary of Georgia. And the opportunities were there early. Unfortunately. Quarterback just didn't make the plays, and he got a little frazzled. And once he got frazzled, Georgia was smelling blood. I'm talking about from the coaches, the assistant coaches, to the backups, starters, the stars, the supports, everybody associated with Georgia smelled blood last night during the first half of that game. And to bookmark, I think the turning point coaching is so important in these matchups. And I think Sonny Dykes lost his team. They were down 17 7, I believe. And they moved the ball into Georgia territory. And I think they took a sack. And then on third down, they got it back to fourth and six via short completion. And they were in Georgia territory down 10 already. And I think at that point, they should have recognized that we're, off, we're not about to stop their offense tonight. We're going to have to put up points. And I said it on the pregame show with Brian Driscoll over Irish Breakdown yesterday. TCU's not winning this game unless they have five big plays. They need five big chunk plays to have a chance to win this game. And they ended up with one, in my opinion. While the game was competitive, Sonny Dykes, you have to go for it right there. You that there, there's no no reason not to go for that fourth and six right there. None, none. And I know what you were trying to do. Your punter did his job. You put Georgia inside the ten, and you put it on your defense that had already shown, in my opinion, the only reason that Georgia didn't have twenty one points. It's because Stetson Bennett made the wrong read and didn't throw the fade to Donnell Washington on a 5'10 DB that he had right there at the pylon. That would have been 21-0 Georgia. That was like his worst read of the night, in my opinion. So you should have rightly divided what was going on in that game and where your team stood. And this is where coaching comes into play. If that was his opportunity to instill confidence or to give his team an opportunity to regain confidence and stay close, that's all they had to do. Sounds simple coming from me, right? All they had to do was stay close. (laughs) But no, they had to find a way to put the pressure on Georgia because Kirby Smart, And his coaching staff, somehow, some way, whatever they said in preparation, they got their players to come into that game loose. Georgia played carefree, loose, like Kirby said right before the kickoff: aggression. That's all you saw from Georgia: aggression. Fly to the ball, fly around. TCU couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle it. And Sonny Dykes had an opportunity to change the tide and give his team some confidence when they were searching for something to hold on to in that midst of that barrage in the first half from the Georgia Bulldogs. And he chose the passive route. He chose to say, man, we're just going to pin him back there and hang our hat on our defense. No, no, not the way that Georgia offense was executing last night. I don't care if you had put them, pinned them on the one yard line. They were going to go 99 yards. They had an answer for everything you did. Absolutely everything you did, they had an answer for it. And that goes to coaching. That goes to coaching. And I expected this. Uh, I, was, I was telling Brian Driscoll, I was like, yo, he asked me what's the key to the game. And I said, Stetson Bennett. I said, if Stetson Bennett is efficient, and this Georgia offense operates the way they're supposed to operate. TCU doesn't have a shot. It wasn't on the Georgia defense. The Georgia defense was going to be who they are. They can't be anything else. We're going to get into that as well and how that plays into Notre Dame. What we saw from that Georgia defense is it, directly tied into what we need to see from Notre Dame defensively, especially getting Sam Hartman elevating that quarterback room we we saw last night what we need to see not only from the players but Al Golden and the rest of that defensive staff you need to step up you need to step up lucky left the podcast so Sonny Dice missed his opportunity to, to put an imprint on this game as a coach he definitely missed that and once they went down and went up 24-7 it was a wrap. That was ball game. Ball game. It was over. There was nothing else to see, nothing else to do. So, you know, that's the one point you want to make that when you get into these matchups, coaching is huge. And we saw coaching come up huge in the semifinals. Kirby Smart had two of the most important timeouts to save Georgia. To save Georgia. And last night, Sonny Dykes had an opportunity to help his team the same way that Kirby Smart helped his team against Ohio State, and he missed the opportunity. Left, what's good with it, boy?
3: Man, tell you what, I wasted, what, a couple hours of my life watching that game yesterday. Did you at least order something good to eat? Man, I couldn't even enjoy it, man, because it was over before the food even came out. Oh, right, man, right.
1: Go right. ahead. ahead
3: Sit up. Man. You
1: tried to time it. You tried to time it just right.
3: Yeah, I got me a nice little strawberry lemonade, you know, and I'm halfway through the sip. The game, fourteen nothing. I say, can you can you check on the order real quick? Cause I know it's I know it's uh I just ordered. I just want to make sure. You know, five minutes go by. Not even had time. Game over. They come out with the food. I'm like, (laughs) what am I going to do now? I can't even enjoy the food because I don't even want to watch it. Go ahead and box it up, man. I'm out of (laughs) here. So
1: I just gave my thoughts from a coaching standpoint about last night's game and the missed opportunities for Sonny Dykes to help his team the way Kirby Smart helped his team against Ohio State. And then somehow, some way left. Kirby Smart, and I'll search for it because I guess his pregame speech was leaked and is out there on YouTube, and from what I hear, everybody's like, yo, this is one of the greatest pregame speeches you've ever heard. So I, I I can't – I don't know. I haven't heard it. Maybe we'll play a, a snippet of it. Just Movie to quality? It. It, dude, they're talking about this like, oh, my God. You know, David Pollack, former – three-time All-American at Georgia was like, I was ready to suit up. I'm like, okay, dude. Like, I will be the judge of that.
3: But I mean, who didn't want to suit up last night but, in a Georgia uniform?
1: But I will say this. Kirby found a way to get them boys to play really loose going for back-to-back championships. They came out carefree, fast to the ball, dominant, aggressive. And like you say all the time, left defensively, it's very rare that you snap a ball offensively that somebody on the defense does not make a mistake. And if they were going to make mistakes, they were going to make mistakes fast last night. Yeah. And they were like, look, if we make them, we make them. But we're not going to be hesitant. We're coming after you. We're going to put pressure on Max Duggan and force him to have to be perfect. And he was just incapable of being perfect.
3: Yeah, I think Max Duggan in games like these championship games, especially against good defenses, these quarterbacks come back down in earth. They become the average quarterbacks that they'll be, you know, if they get to the next level, especially when they're playing defenses like the Georgias and Alabamas of the world. All that throwing bubbles and stuff, you're going to have to run some plays. Mm-hmm. I think Max Duggan became uncomfortable in the pocket when he wasn't getting hit. He just, it just was too much around him and he wasn't able to make the throws that we were able to see him make all season. But that just comes down to you really have to be that guy at the quarterback position. Bryce Young in the same situation, he's moving in and out of the pocket, taking hits, but still completing big-time footballs. That just shows you the difference between a quarterback that's capable of winning a big game like that and a quarterback that can only take you so far before reality hits your team. And I think reality struck a TCU team that was transfer heavy, but very uh, talented in in fact and athletic. But they faced a team that looked more athletic, looked faster, Looked stronger. I mean, everything Georgia was running on the outside, it looked like TCU was running for their life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? But it was like really – even the little wheel routes and stuff, Stetson Bennett or whatever, Benson Stetson or whatever, was throwing it downfield. And, I mean, the TCU defenders are just head back, just running as fast as they can. They just couldn't – they were just a step slower. TCU looked like this team that was the step slower and the stepchild of the family. And Georgia did what they were supposed to do, did what championship teams were supposed to do and smacked the teams that are inferior. And, I mean, this was over before it started. TCU had no business out there. And Kirby Smart did a great job making those guys play to the level of the, the game in which it asked for, and that's the championship level. And I just don't think TCU – is at that level. TCU played very well all season. Hard fought, you know. Put them against a lot of top teams in the country. It wouldn't be that score, but they went against a team that's, you know, recruited better. It's it's a different two ninety like we talked about last week. Yeah, they got some good players, but that they good players are different good players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it became apparent. I mean, everybody was. On their A game. I mean, they tied in at Georgia's like the, the zeros like six, seven, freaking two sixty easy, just a force. And he don't even have to get the ball. It's just a attention grabber. And everybody on TCU's defense look way smaller. I mean, I don't know if the TV make Georgia look 15 pounds bigger, but they look 15 pounds bigger. And, I mean, Stetson Bennett, you know, being the old man that he is, he's my age. It's like if I got out there and got behind that defensive line, I mean, that offensive line with just a bunch of time and nothing but opportunity to do whatever you wanted, I mean, it's no wonder he had six touchdowns in the game. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I think uh, the playoffs, I think the way the playoffs are constructed would make a team like Georgia uh, probably not have the freshest legs like they did in this championship game so that could you know put a strain on you know not only the scoreboard but the effort to win a championship i think it gives them a legitimate you know anybody not anybody can win but you know you're gonna be a little nicked up going into it mm-hmm. and i think that'll change the dynamic of the playoffs and the championship but i'm glad this was the last well this ain't the last year uh but close to the last year that will have such a, a lopsided uh, type of playoff system, and I think it's lopsided because I don't know if you could predict Ohio State being that close to Georgia. I didn't, you know, I didn't think so, but they made it a game, and then you get to the championship, and it's like ah. So I do think that uh, this playoff example proved why Alabama should be. Or there should be more teams expanded. I think I would like to see, you know, Oregon and Alabama in there, Kansas State in there, Um, you know, us in there versus some teams. I think uh, that bracket would look pretty good, and then we just go from there. But I think if anything, we saw what uh, recruiting can do when you deep and you got all the top cream of the crop players in each class. And you got some some guys, and you got a coach that can coach, that's the that's it just makes it unstoppable. Yo,
1: Ryan Day kept Ohio State from being in a championship game. You can't tell me any other Ryan Day kept Ohio State, had them prepared, but when he needed to show up in the fourth quarter. He didn't, especially down the stretch of that game. Especially down the stretch of that game. Absolutely. At some point, the coach is going to have a moment in any type of big championship game where he has to step to the forefront and say, you know, man, I got you.
3: Yeah, I got Kirby you. Smart. Kirby Kirby, Smart. Not only can he recruit, he can coach his, his butt off. And the calls he made in that Ohio State game were clutch because they easily could have changed the game in Ohio State's favor if he didn't. Uh, make those coaching moves. So it just shows you how important, because you know everybody talks about the importance of, is the players or the coach more important? Mm
0: -hmm. The coach is
3: pretty darn important in the crucial times of the game. Maybe not the whole game, because the players are doing that. But crucial times of the game where you're getting paid millions of dollars, that's why you got to make those really good calls at the right moments, and also be able to recruit at a high level. So Kirby Smart's the master of that right now, and in the shows you know everybody yeah. is shown to be better as of yet i think there's guys on his tail but i mean when you're talking about mastering the craft he's got the uh coaching acumen but he's also have the ability to recruit his butt off and continue to recruit uh even though they're having major success
1: absolutely lucky lucky podcast Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Tons of great content over there. Go check it out. State of Recruiting with John Garcia, Jr. You know how we do it. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. Left, the question I posed before you jumped on was, how did last night make you feel about expansion to the playoffs? Did it make you say, nah, I don't even want to see teams like TCU in it? Or did it make you say, yeah, we wouldn't have had to watch this if Bama and other teams that were, would have been in would have had the opportunity? Like, you know, I'll say this there are some people who, you know, look, I think it's disingenuous to just flat out disrespect TCU as if they didn't put in the requisite work during the season and in between games to get to where they got to. They weren't in the committee room. They did what they were supposed to do on the field. The committee put them in the college football playoffs. That's not on them. If the committee had chosen somebody else, they would have gone to another NY6 bowl. They showed up. If TCU didn't deserve to be there, then Michigan didn't deserve to be there. Because they, oh, they banged Michigan. Yeah, we yeah, They banged Michigan. So, I mean, if if you're going to hit that first domino, then knock the second one down, too. If you're going to start talking that TCU didn't deserve to be there, then Michigan didn't deserve to be there. And they were the undefeated Big Ten champion.
3: And I do think that at the end of the day, too, that uh, in this type of playoff system, if you're doing it the right way, you just got to put the right matchups in and, and college football playoff committee, if doing it the right way, shouldn't have known, look, yeah, TCU great story, but no, we're not putting you all against Georgia. We're going to put Alabama in there because it's going to be the best game. It's just what it is. It's just we're what it is.
1: Left when we you, said should, that. you should
3: evaluate the whole season on who's just got the best instructed team. <laughs> If you're doing it this way, I think the the next playoff style is a lot better because the college football committee can be like, well, that's all y'all. Y'all got to go through the gauntlet. And I think it will impact it a lot differently because a team like TCU could take a chunk out of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And then they they play Michigan, take a chunk out of Georgia off of that. Mm -hmm. And then they play us at the end. We got to get shot because they missing a player or two that was killing it all year or they – you know, a little injured, they just got out of an emotional game. You know, anything in that matter uh, can can add to the, uh, the the toughness of being able to do it. That's why they said the NBA playing 86 games, that's the challenge. That's the professional challenge. 86, 82 games or whatever. So that's just going to add stress, and that's part of being an NBA professional. you got to play that, that length of schedule. So I think being able to switch it to more of a playoff like that it makes it hard because if you look at the NFL, there's the best teams, you know, sometimes don't make it.
4: Yeah.
3: Because yeah. they, they play bad one day, or yeah. they
1: played, you yeah.
3: know, and then they lost the next week because they couldn't yeah. get over it, or yeah. they went to Miami the day before they played in Wisconsin, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it will make it more interesting, but if they had to do it on this previous schedule, just put the best teams that can match up. Yeah. Because you're not gonna Cinderella stories don't win on the field. <laughs> they win in the movies.
1: Yeah. You know? hey, look, they needed they needed Georgia to play the same way they played against Ohio State. And Georgia probably still would have beat them.
3: Well, Ohio State's quarterback is way better. Way than Max better. Dugan. Like, come on, Max Dugan is not an NFL quarterback. He's gonna get a shot because he won a lot of games or whatever, but come on. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. Stetson
1: Bennett and Max Duggan are gonna have about eight to ten years in the NFL holding and taking Stetson, stats, and they're, get, Bennett, and they're gonna get paid good money to be back. I think up. he
3: should retire. This is the greatest, you know, for he probably would be really good.
1: He, he probably would be really
3: good on TV, man. If he retired and then just made a movie about his life, like Rudy. Mm. He don't exactly. have to put no man because what do you want to go to the NFL for? You definitely can make you a good job of money. I mean man, do it. get a house in Georgia and be the king of Georgia for the rest
1: of your life. I mean, holding a clipboard making 10 million is pretty good,
3: bro. I ain't gonna make it 10 million, but he go, I mean, you know, you gonna five don't hey. man, listen, don't even risk Injury, your football huh? career being damaged by how bad you'll be in the league. Mm. Don't become an afterthought mm. by going into the big pond and being an average dude that everybody forgets.
1: So don't allow yourself to get exposed, huh?
3: Don't don't let the story don't let the story get sequeled and it not being that good. Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting. Level. Don't
3: don't be uh what's my favorite man? What's that favorite? Undercover don't, brother.
1: So don't be Mike you know with the goes? Wizards, huh?
3: Man, don't be undercover brother too. <laughs> Undercover Brother 2 was a shame. The first I mean, one was funny. The first one was great. Oh, okay. They had Dave That's a good call. And Eddie Griffin. Yes. Man, don't be Undercover Brother 2 where you put Michael uh, Michael J. White. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't go out there. Man, listen, respectfully bow out. You've had the greatest football SEC quarterback career you could have ever had. Yeah. You yeah. did not as a as a nobody, you turned into somebody. Quit. Quit. Ch- quit Chappelle quit. Chappelle was in the first one too, right? Chappelle was in the first one. Right, right, right. Yes.
1: Right. right, right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> one of the greatest side roles in the movie wasn't even the main character. Right, right. You could still have had that movie to that classic. <laughs> and in the, the second one was so forgettable, man. You it, it should be a shame. You should be arrested for that. Mockery. But anyway. I'm telling you, go out as Hercules because you're gonna go, you know, you're gonna get drafted or whatever, and then you're gonna go out in the preseason, stink it up, and then be a Jake Fromm. The difference is you got it done. Jake Fromm could don't be it, don't be a forgetful Jake Fromm. Be it, be the hero. Live in Georgia. You know, let them make a statue. They're not gonna make a statue about you go to the league and you stink it up. No, 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 no. You, you, you might have a point there, left. Yeah.
1: You, you might have a solid point there.
3: Man, he would be rich forever.
1: Yeah, He'd he needs to. Some financial people need to tap him on the shoulder. Like, look here, we can really capitalize off this right here.
3: Yeah, be, be the mailman. Man. On,
1: on. He's already in LA. He can go take meetings right now, today, right, all man. day. All day today, he can take meetings.
3: Man, let me be your manager, man.
1: Mini series.
3: Subway could be the new Jared from Subway. Just a regular dude. Yes. Just a regular. You could be the new Subway dude. Even a regular dude can win two championships and go undefeated and and be a Heisman finalist. And I look regular like a Subway sandwich.
1: Yeah.
3: Millionaire. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. See what I'm saying?
1: Man. Lucky lefty podcast, bro. Let me tell you something. Let's see, I forgot it. Somebody just talked about this speech. Left. Let's go ahead and check this thing out. man. I, I've yet to hear this. It's, it's supposed to be the greatest thing ever. We'll, we'll How
3: see, easy is it to deliver a great speech? I bet you Marcus Freeman with an undefeated team, knowing he going to win, can probably, can probably get some bars. You know, when you know you're going to win, you probably in there talking crazy. Yeah, and and when we win, we're going to take over the world, you know.
1: Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hit us up on YouTube, Lucky Lefty Podcast. All of our great content is over there. CFB Nation in conjunction with the Irish Breakdown. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. So, in your opinion, should
3: TCU feel embarrassed, in your opinion? I mean, obviously, you don't want to go out like that. But, you know, I think just being realistic, there's some teams that are, well, ain't some. There's the king of the hill. Right. And then there's everybody else that lives under the king. And they're not ready to beat the king. They were surprised they got that far. Georgia wasn't. I think that's just the difference. Georgia mm-hmm. wasn't surprised they got that far. TCU no. was.
1: Georgia was surprised they beat Ohio State, though.
3: They, they said they,
1: they said that, that. They were like, yo, we played hard. We beat them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's but, Kirby. Let's check it out, bro.
4: Yeah, you your <laughs> preparation. Yo ass is prepared for this shit for fucking 365 days. I think about them fuckers in that locker room. Think about getting our opportunity. All the shit you went through this week to get ready for this game, now is when you pay the fucking price. You go out there with energy, enthusiasm. Hey, guys, ain't nobody in this room should be cautious. Ain't nobody in this room should be nervous about shit. Go out of here and fuck their ass up. Don't yeah. think about scoreboard. No, Don't think yeah. about shit. You think about knocking the shit out of them. Did you hear what Box said on Monday? When I sat in that fucking meeting, I wanted to go fucking play right then. Throw your shit up out here. Two years ago, fuck your shit up. Goddamn pride and joy tells me you fuck these guys up. You go play the right way. You play the right way. You knock their ass off. You stay off the fucking ground. You tackle the fucking man with a ball. The shit's easy. Look at the right shit. Punish their ass on offense and kick their ass on special teams, guys.
1: It's about who the fuck we are. I believe in you. Let's go kick. Hey, hey. Kirby just basically said, dude, these dudes trash. Oh, I mean, that's basically what he said. Man, they trash. Go wreck them dudes. Get it over with early. Yeah. Come on. I, I thought it was about to be something where he was gonna. When be a have show. you ever heard of he clutch lines and, and sounding like Nas and telling stories? This dude basically just used expertise to tell his squad, man, these dudes are trash. Y'all saw the film. We saw the film. He didn't even mention defense. That dude said, let's go dominate these dudes on offense. He didn't mention defense. He said, offense, special teams, let's go kill these dudes. Defense, just tackle these dudes. <laughs> man, man, that dude, that's, a, that's a C you, that's a yeah, C+. Plus. Yeah, that's that's a, a C That's plus. a
3: C-. Minus. It was like, first of all, when have you ever heard any type of speech like that? That's great. A dude say it was easy. What? He what said you know? It was easy, bro. ECU is not in there talking about let's do this because this is easy. They're oh, like, oh man, you know, we're put everything on the line. You know, this is all we got. Georgia was like, this is easy. Just go tackle them. Just do it. Let's get these sorry dudes out here. Let's punish them. Oh man, he said, let's. I mean, come on. He had to refer to two years ago. He said two years ago when they took it from two years ago. You yeah. got to reach that far back yet because you've been kicking ass. This is nothing new. TCU was not ready in the locker room, they're not talking anything like you're talking. That yeah. shows you if they played that on the jumbo trial before they ran out, TCU fans would have left because even TCU fans would have known. We ain't talking like that in our locker room. Right. <laughs> we right. we not talk about it as easy in our locker room. Right. Talking about you know dudes is kind of nervous and right and shaking up and crying. Kirby said it's nothing to be nervous about. Like
1: dude, it's not it's not one of the best I've heard better pregame speeches.
3: Yeah, like it's not
1: on. one of the best pregame. It's speeches. the
3: easiest pregame it's, speech.
1: Dude, it's definitely one of the most disrespectful. That's yeah. like a TCU diss. Somebody needs to put some music behind that bad fella and mm-hmm. remix it. That's a TCU diss. That's like ether. That's like a TCU ether. He said, right out. Beat him up. He was like, dude, man, these dude's trash. That's basically what he said. This is easy. This is easy work. He said, this, is e-. this is light work.
3: The man said it was easy. I mean, what coach in a national championship game? Talking about is easy. You think Nick Saban said that in 2012 when they played us? Nah, no,
1: nah. That's it, yeah. It's... There was no Vaseline. That was definitely one of the best pregame disses of the other team.
3: After. I mean, it was just it was just like, come on, man, duh, 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 duh. But what can you do? And this is the thing.
1: Kirby, didn't need, to do that. Kirby that, didn't need to do that. And that's Kirby. what'd be crazy. Georgia was gonna wreck. Look, let me bring this question up, dude. Because let me under, let me help people understand, bro. Because when we have we have lauded Georgia on this show for two consecutive years, bro, and people try to tell us, man, y'all get off they sack. Okay, all right. When they play their A game. There's nobody in the country that's messing with them. They beat Ohio State with a C game, bro. And Ohio State played an A game. And they still lost. They still lost. Neil Kopitz. Georgia would have killed anyone but Ohio State and Bama. Ohio State and Bama last night would have lost by double digits to Georgia. Listen. I watched Bama lose to LSU,
3: dog. I've never been so confident about. This team, like, hey. Two, b- before the season even started, we both said Georgia was winning. We both said Georgia was winning it. I don't care what they have lost. ever When have you ever, ever, ever felt so confident in saying, oh, they're winning the season that they ain't even put the pads on yet? No. Never. No. Never. Never. never.
1: Everybody's so, like, man, I don't see it. They lost all that talent to the NFL, which we're going to get to in the next segment when we talk about what it means to know the game. Because they're the number one team going into next year. Again. 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 They're losing Jalen right. Carter. So what?
3: My thing is, is if Stetson Bennett wasn't on the team, are they still going undefeated and winning the championship? Probably. Probably.
1: Hey, Carson Beck looked like he had a pretty decent arm last night.
3: I mean, I'm saying, like, Carson Beck could have been Stetson Bennett. I could have been Stetson Bennett. You could have been Stetson Bennett.
1: They could have started their backups last night and beat TCU,
3: bro. Oh, man, like,
1: easy. Their backups were banging TCU's starting defense. Banging
3: them. Like, I'm telling you, Georgia looked like the faster, stronger, more athletic, the bigger, the more aggressive, the better team. I mean, like everything Georgia was doing—throwing, running a basic outside run. I mean, TCU dudes couldn't even meet the guy at the line of scrimmage. They're just falling off the tackles, and I mean, TCU trying to hit them—they just yeah. falling off. Georgia players just falling forward, stiff-arming dudes. Like, why? I'm talking about wide open. Like the moment was way too big for TCU. I have never seen dudes running. Why? I'm in mean, a championship game. Dude, running what? I'm talking about twenty yards of separation.
1: Man, that defense coordinator was on the sideline talking about you making them look better than they are. No. I mean, they
3: was they was.
1: Wait, wait, no, 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 fam. No, no, wait, 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 wait. At some point, bro. At some point, maybe he could say that against Michigan. Maybe he can say that again, Michigan, dude. When you have built your entire season on this is our advantage, we're faster, we got more speed, and that's how you win. And you come up against a bigger team that's faster or just as fast as you, bro. All of that don't, I don't, it has nothing to do with fit. Ain't got nothing.
3: Stetson Bennett was running the first touchdown, he was, he ran like untouched. For like twenty yards,
1: and did an unnecessary juke yeah, at the like, five yard line. Like,
3: just got, then, like, like, where are they at? I, didn't, I was saying that the whole, where are they at, dude? They They're were
1: running TCU's plays. They ran, they ran Max Dugan's quarterback sweep to the left for another touchdown. They're like, we are gonna take y'all playbook and beat y'all with y'all playbook.
3: And the touchdown that he ran like that, nobody, he didn't, they didn't even have nobody to block. They had the two guys running out there looking for someone. They said, "Where the block is? Where the is?" Right. <laughs> right. I don't even have nobody to block. We fooled y'all that bad?
1: Oh, this
3: really like, this
1: cat Lab McConkey getting to the league on a torn MCL, bro. On a torn, he out there putting in work on a torn MCL.
3: I'm talking about catching wide open passes, just running. I mean, it was even on third and fifteen. Matt, perfect protection. Dudes, just pitch and catch. They didn't drop eight. They got eight guys back. Dude, just pitching and catching. First down, eighteen yard gain on the play. Like, good grief. Cut it out. Like Matt, like Stetson Bennett has had the the most perfect setup helped career ever. Ever. Nobody has ever been in such a blessed position. Not even Vinny Testaverdi.
1: Blessed. So, so, you look, we both agree. Stetson Bennett rode coattails to the first one. He almost lost it going into the fourth quarter and then was able to come back and win it. But he was surrounded by ridiculous talent last year.
3: I mean, come on.
1: The, the offense did step up this year because the defense wasn't as good as last year's Georgia defense. He got better as a quarterback. I'll give him a greater percentage of them winning this year, but he still, offensively, they have so much talent. And you got two NFL first-round tight ends. You never have to lead 12 personnel, right? You stay in 12 personnel. Defenses don't know to go big. Should we go big? Should we go small? They Nobody... Brock Bowers can do whatever the heck he wants to do on the football field, taking
3: speed, whatever, sweeps, catching it, catching screens, running whatever he wants to do, and then they throwing it, just throwing it to the big dude, blocking the shit out of people. I mean, come on, this is,
1: and everybody was quiet, like, "Where's Brock Bowers? Where's Brock Bowers? What happened to him?" Well, go look at the fourth quarter against Ohio State.
3: Yeah, I mean, and then it's crazy because. Their best players play in big games and make plays. Like, they win with their best players. They're not winning on no conventional backup running back. Just had a great game. No, 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 no. They're winning because Brock Bowers is going to make those plays at the end of the game.
1: Facts.
3: He ain't finna, you know, disappear in the moment. No, no, no. They got to do Win the game because they're dudes. They got to do. And it's crazy because the team is full of dudes. Full but of dudes. Even, they got dudes they got the dude's dudes winning it, though. Was that
1: the uh, Tropic Thunder? Or what, uh man. A dude that knows a dude. Who is that that <laughs> plays that role? Uh, that was our point. Uh, what's his name? That's Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. Yes, yes. <laughs> dude, they got dudes on top of dudes that's backed up by dudes.
3: I mean, the D-line, Jalen Carter, the
1: that walk-ons become dudes. The walk-ons at Georgia become dudes.
3: I mean, Jalen Carter was just by himself looking like Aaron Donald out there. It's like Max Dugan drop back. They rushing forward. He'll just break the O-line down. It'll be one guy rushing Max and he'll be in, in, in a disarray in shambles.
1: As we get ready... You know, what was the most disrespectful thing. Kirby was disrespectful in that pregame speech. I don't care. That was disrespectful.
3: Yeah, it was disrespectful. I get I it, but it
1: was the speech. It was a disrespectful, was a disrespectful speech. speech. But Kirby was even more disrespectful because they they come out of halftime, and this dude Kirby started bringing everything. Dog. This dude yeah. started blitzing, crossing the linebackers, bringing the outside <laughs> out the slot. I'm like Kirby. You already up 31. You yeah. trying to you trying to hurt this dude now? Yeah. It's not good enough.
3: Yeah, showing me sorry. Yeah. Man. Stop hyping, stop hyping these sorry quarterbacks. Stop hyping them.
1: I, hey. I agree with you, Jacob C. TCU definitely proved what we said on this show all year, and people were like, oh, Michigan's a good team. Michigan is dude. Michigan would
3: have got romped last Michigan year. Michigan already got romped. Romped. Last year, I knew they was a fraud. And they had two quarterbacks. They get one, they're still a fraud. They would have got the same shellacking by Georgia, same thing would have happened. The difference is Georgia would have scored the same amount of points. Man. Which means it would be no difference between T.C. and Michigan. They, they was all in the same boat. Fifty two would have been on TCU like it was yesterday, and fifty three would have been on Michigan. It would have been Georgia wouldn't have skipped a beat.
1: Bro, now bro. if it was
3: Bambo on Ohio State, okay, maybe okay. Yeah, but I wouldn't even have wanted to be in that uh, position. The fifth Bryant, brother, the fifth running back
1: on the depth chart got a touchdown where he was untouched. Mm-hmm against the starting defense the starting defense. defense he was untouched left this is the
3: fifth running back the fifth can't even get his can't even get his jersey dirty <laughs> they just formed a whole wall for the dude right escorted him right to touch he like dang yo I can't even get no hits
1: man Lucky lefty that's, Podcast.
3: That's <laughs> your fifth, your fifth depth chart running back scoring a touchdown national championship game untouched. That's cheating. That's cheating. That's cheating. Like
1: I see Jay Henry saying they barely passed the Ohio State test. They played a bad game and won. That really tells you a lot more about Ohio State. When you're supposed to be a great team and another great team can play a bad game and still beat you at your best, that says more about you. When you can play a C game and win, that means you see what you get. In the you know, national that's okay, championship that's okay
3: because Ohio, we got something for Ohio State next year. We're going to show them how bad they are next year. You oh, saw oh how, facts. Because you saw how, you show how bad Clemson actually was this year. Facts. I agree are going to show how bad Ohio State is next year.
1: Perfect segue. That's right. That, man, that ends our conversation about the national championship game and Kirby Smart's speech. and what well, we've been telling you about Georgia and Kirby Smart for the last two years, man. And they're ranked number one and a betting favorite to do it all over again. Yeah, again you know, yeah
3: do it all over again next year. Do it all over
1: again next year. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hit us up on YouTube, Lucky Lefty Podcast. All of our great content is over there, CFB Nation in conjunction with the Irish Breakdown. It's the Lucky Lefty podcast. You already know we spin it different.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?